welcome to Generation Ag, a podcast for the future of agriculture. I'm Kayla. And I'm Lavinia. And we're a couple of young Aggies passionate about celebrating our industry and sharing the stories of people who work in it. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Generation Ag. I was lucky enough to schedule a little bit of time with our beautiful Anna Brand, who is not your average entrepreneurial mother. She studied and became a nurse and worked in the NICU. She married a farmer, ended up on a farm with her three beautiful children who you will regularly see on her Instagram if you go and head over to the Bully Brand Insta later. Growing up on a mixed merino grazing and cropping program in the Riverina herself, she was always surrounded by wool growers, knitters and the appreciation for natural fibres. The Woolly brand was actually developed from a brand family holiday following some beautiful beach weather, which obviously, you know, with the cool change, which whips around, out came the Woolies. And that's sort of where this beautiful idea came for the Woolly brand, which has been an opportunity for Anna and her family to really replicate the nostalgia of her childhood and the sense of freedom that she had in the world. I don't want to talk too much about an intro for Anna. I mean, she's such a beautiful, beautiful woman and she's doing this amazing thing, but I just want this interview to speak for itself because I think that there's so many golden nuggets that Anna shares and she's really got so much wisdom for anyone who's considering starting a regional business, but particularly in fashion or fibre. I just love hearing her story. So let's jump into this episode. I hope you all enjoy it. And without further ado, here we are. Anna, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. I would love for you to just start off by telling me a little bit about yourself and your childhood. Hi, I'm Anna Brand. I currently live down in uh, Western Victoria with my husband and two children, but actually grew up in the Riverina in uh, New South Wales. So I grew up in a little place between uh, West Wyalong and Griffith. I'm one of four kids. We had a a family farm there where we were mixed farming. So we had merinos, crossbreds, and then also cereal cropping. And so, you know, childhood there was a mixture of both farming, but also music. Our family are interested in both things. So, you know, on one hand, you know, one day after school would be getting off the bus and, you know, either riding our bikes home, you know, a couple of k's down to the house or, you know, walking across the paddocks to dad on the tractor or being picked up to be, you know, taken to the sheep yards to, you know, help push up. Or, and then, you know, other days it would be off to music lessons. So, you know, it was quite a broad childhood of different experiences. But, you know, those classic sort of farming experiences that lots of people have of broad hobbies and things like that, you know, we were all into riding horses. And so, you know, my dad is a mountain man originally. And so, you know, we all were plonked on on ponies from a really young age. And so that sort of developed our sort of riding through, you know, following mobs of sheep, moving them from paddock to paddock. I remember, you know, when we'd be moving ewes and lambs, if it was like, you know, lamb marking or something like that, you know, the ponies would be, you know, they're butting the lambs along with their noses and things like that. So, you know, the whole sort of farm and family experience was something that we were all involved in. Every part of it was just, you know, daily life for us. 
I love that. That's such an idyllic childhood. And I also love that you mentioned music because honestly, our common theme is it's always like sport and farm. And I love that idea of the creatives in the region. And it's something that we don't often promote enough. And I guess, you know, obviously music's quite different to what you're doing now, but it's still in the creative field. So it's quite interesting that there's key components of your childhood that have come back that are now sort of relevant, I think, still definitely similar themes. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's so often the case that, you know, families have all these, you know, hidden interesting secrets and or not so secrets, you know, performances and things like that, that we're all involved in, you know, many a school child had to go to the local Estedford with the school choir or something like that. So, you know, for us, it was um, playing musical instruments and all singing and things like that. And for my family, they've sort of gone on and taken that on professionally. But um, yeah, for me, it's something that I keep for a private hobby and, you know, Uh, doing with my daughters at home. So yeah, no, it's a lovely thing. So obviously agriculture is something that's in your blood and you've ended up on a farm and uh, you're still very much in it. But the idea of the woolly brand, that really wasn't sort of something that you're following as a career path. Can you tell me a little bit about the story of the brand and sort of, I guess, your pathway to getting to create the brand? Well, it was not at all the pathway that I thought I was taking in life. You know, finished school gap year overseas and then went to university up in Armidale, went to UNE, you know, did the college thing and at Albies and studied nursing. Went on to specialise as a near intensive care nurse specialist and then, you know, did further training as a nurse practitioner in that area. So, you know, very highly skilled, highly qualified in a very niche area, which, you know, before we had, I had children, you know, it worked really well. I was in Melbourne a couple of days a week and I would come back out to the farm with my husband for my days off. Um, And that worked really well until the time when we had children. And of course, many a person will, you know, will say that, you know, the will change when you have kids and you think, no, it won't, no, it won't, you know, I'm going to continue with my career. He's got his career. We're making it work. We're all adapting. And then a little person comes along and it's all blown to pieces and, you know, priorities change and, you know, I hope to get back there at some point. But as a result of having my little girls, being down in um, Western Victoria, it's a windy, cold place, you know, Even in the summertime, you know, we pack our woolies when we go to the beach. It's just one of those things that we have to do at all times. And so my mother-in-law is a very talented knitter and my grandma, my mom, everyone sort of has knitted over the years. So there's been lots of hand-me-downs. One holiday we were down in Port Ferry, um, you know, we got the two days of summer as such, you know, it was 45 degrees for the two days that we were there having a break. And then of course that cold change that always whips through down here did and um, out came our woolies, you know, out of our beach bags and, um, you know, activities, you know, went to sort of walks around the lighthouse down in Port Ferry and, you know, wherever we would go on this occasion, but also on many previous occasions, people would comment on my daughter's beautiful knitwear And, you know, people would often lament that they had had beautiful knitted pieces as children and, you know, the art of knitting, you know, not not everyone knits anymore like they used to and, uh, you know, everyone's really busy, everyone's got lots on their hands and so it was one of those things where people would say, oh, we just wish we could get, you know, get their hands on some beautiful knitted pieces and on this day 
Will and I and our first daughter, Elizabeth, were walking out around the lighthouse in Port Ferry and we were sort of discussing this fact that, you know, everyone wishes they could have good quality knitwear. And Will turned to me and he just said, well, why don't you just do it? Just give it a go. And I was like, well, I'm a nurse. I have, you know, I'm quite skilled at what I do, but my skills are not in design, in business, in, you know, logistics of that sort. And he was like, yeah, well, we'll work it out. Like, have a think about it. And why don't you, you know, you give it a go. And the idea sat with me. And from there, the uh, the woolly brand was born. And so um, we decided that we would create a line of children's extra fine merino wool knitwear that could, you know, fit that nostalgia that people have of those experiences in childhood of having those beautiful knitted pieces that, you know, were so lovingly made by, you know, grandmas and aunts and hand-me-downs from, you know, your best friend's mum or, you know, it came from somewhere along the line and those, you know, beautiful stories that come with, came with them. And so I wanted to create something that would sort of fill that gap and, you know, be able to create a new piece that people can then hand on to, you know, whether it is from sibling to sibling or, you know, sibling to sibling to friend and then maybe onto someone else that, you know, might might need of beautiful knitted pieces. So that was sort of the evolution of the idea and um, one that I could never have seen coming. I love that. What a special nostalgic story. And I think everyone sort of has those stories within their own childhood, particularly growing up in the regions where you would spend the summer going to the beach. That would be your exciting holiday. And, you know, most places, unless you're living in the north, there is that weather factor that comes in. So I I love that. It's really beautiful. And as you say, obviously, you were a nurse, so that wasn't really your career background. I'd love to know, concepting the idea, like what were those first steps that you took to start the bit? Like where did you start? Like obviously you had an amazing supportive husband, which is like something I want to ask more about a little bit later too. But where did you start? What was point number one? Well, that was just it. I, you know, it was like, great, got this idea. Now what? So, you know, I was like, right, how do I go about this? And I thought, right, I've got this lovely friend who has started a business based in Wagga, Texas Jane, and uh, this friend, Belle Armstrong, she has studied fashion. She's, you know, an absolute wizard in the industry. She knows everything about it. She knows where to go, what to do. And I was like, right, get in touch with Belle and see, you know, where do I start? Where do I go? And so, yes, chatted with Belle and she pointed me in the direction of Penny Ashby from Lady Kate Knitwear. That created this new mentoring relationship, which um, Penny has basically, you know, been a wealth of knowledge and support and guidance and, you know, what to do, how to do, what not to do. That's been a really great one. Um, Of course, we all have things along the way that, you know, you look back in hindsight and sort of think maybe I wouldn't do that quite so, so much. But yeah, I was really lucky in my support from Penny. The other place that I was really well supported was from Woolmark. So the team at Woolmark have just, you know, they've got all their contacts, not only in the, you know, production of yarn, but also you have licensed knitters, And so that was a great place to start because I knew that I was going to, if, you know, if I was using certified yarns and um, certified knitters, that I got that reliability and that trustworthy 
business that, you know, can help and support me along the way. And I've got their backing, you know, if anything changes along the way or I, you know, need some education, they've got some wonderful education portals and things like that. And so, you know, they were another amazing place. But it was one of those things where, you know, step by step, whether it was, okay, the first step is work out what it is I want to make and design it. So it was, you know, speak to people about that. And then the next step was like, right, you know, how do I create this product? And so then it became one of those things of just getting in touch with people, whether it was cold calling people or, you know, emailing people and just, you know, really leaning on the support of, of um, amazing people around me. And that has really has been the, what has got me here. So, you know, there's been few people that haven't been supportive um, and been willing to sort of help out and guide. And that's been, you know, been unbelievably positive because it really shows that sort of whether it's in business or design or anything like that, right back through to farming. You know, when I originally decided to do the idea, I thought, right, I'll do a quick Facebook poll and sort of get some ideas of what I wanted to do. And, you know, next minute I've got all these amazing farmers getting in touch being like, hey, use our wool, you know. And so it was that amazing thing of being like, can we link it right through? Um, I haven't quite got to sort of a provenance project as of yet, but that's definitely something I'd love to work towards. So it's, you know, it's been an amazing experience of linking all those people right through from literally farm to fashion. So, you know, it's been people and, you know, their ability to to be unbelievably supportive. Regional people are so amazing and they are the first people to support when it comes to some sort of new concept that can actually help put Australian agriculture on the map. So I think that that's really special and it's perfectly leads into the next question, which is about wool as a fibre because it's still really underutilised and underrecognised, I think, in this country as a fibre to utilise for clothing. Can you tell me a little bit more about the benefits of working with it and why it's such a great fibre? I think the ultimate way to think about wool as the ultimate fibre is, you know, you think about the sheep literally in the paddock, you know, more often than not, you know, you'd see them in full wool growth in summertime and someone, you know, who wasn't aware of what wool is would go, oh, my goodness, they're going to be so hot. You know, why aren't they hot? They're wearing wool. We wear wool in wintertime. It's what keeps us warm. But one of the most amazing features of wool is its ability to warm when you're cold and cool you when you are warm. And so that sort of ultimate transseasonal nature of wool makes it the perfect product when creating knitwear, not just for little people, but for everyone because of its ability to, you know, wick moisture, regulate temperature and, you know, manage humidity and all those kinds of things, which are all fantastic parts of designing clothing. But then you've also got, you know, added benefits of the fact that it's a completely natural product. We have this wonder fibre that, you know, you go from grass or grain or whatever it is that, you know, is in your feeding ration, you know, we're able to grow a sustainable product that is regenerative, you know, for the animal's welfare, you know, we need to remove the wool through shearing every year or maybe twice a year, depending on the farmer's um, rotation and business model. And then, you know, it's then once that product 
has completed its life cycle as a garment or whatever the way that, you know, the product has been knitted, you know, it's then able to decompose and compost. And so you have this amazing cycle of this product where in comparison to other fibres, you know, that either take a very long time to break down or synthetics, which, you know, are hundreds, if not sometimes thousands of years to break down, you know, you can literally, if something terrible happened to your jumper, heaven, you know, forbid, you can pop it in your garden compost and know that it'll be, you know, in your veggie patch in, you know, a year or two. So, you know, you've got this wonder fiber in that sense. So, you know, there's so many features of wool from, you know, starting in that amazing ability to manage temperature and the transseasonal nature of it, you know, wool for summer, wool for winter, especially with babies, you know, which, you know, the woolly brand, are we are for little people. And so with our blankets, you know, that's something that's perfect for summertime because it's going to keep your little one cool. You know, you've got these amazing environmental credentials, but then you've also got, you know, fire safety, the fire retardant nature of wool, which, you know, it's great in adults, but there's nothing like knowing your little people are safe when you put them to bed or if they're going out, you know, exploring or, you know, you're at that um, paddock picnic and, you know, you've got a campfire and, you know, if something's going on, you know that your kids are safe. And so there's just some of the few reasons that wool is just, you know, the ideal fibre. You can go even further into medical benefits. And this is something that um, I'm just starting to really personally experience my um daughter was recently diagnosed with eczema, my baby. And um, it's been one of those amazing things where historically people have always said, no, wool isn't great for kids with eczema because it's itchy and scratchy. And that's been a wonder of the development of the fibre in the last 20, 30 years, the developments in research and bringing those two that, you know, technology and the product together to create, you know, fibres that we can really work with. And so that's a sort of space that's sort of new to me in that sort of really specific health benefit, but that's something that um, we can, you know, really work towards. And there are other businesses that are really championing it for that. So, you know, I could go on all day about the benefits of wool. No, I love it. I think that it's really important to have these conversations. And I also love that you talk about eczema because, yeah, that's something that I suffered with as an adult again now, but I suffered with when I was a child on the farm. And that's a huge thing that there are so many changes that have happened in the last 20 years and innovations. And the fact that you're having conversations about this, it really shows how far we've come, but also how important wool is as a fiber in terms of clothing moving forward as well. You did touch on sustainability and that's a huge part of your brand. Can you chat a little bit more about your sustainability components and what you are doing within the brand? So we're not, you know, entirely from woe to go, utterly, you know, carbon neutral or anything like that as yet, but working to be as sustainable as possible with the product that we have um, is something that was really important to me because it sort of felt like I'm creating this amazing product that has all these fantastic features of sustainability, renewable, it's natural, compostable. And then to be putting that in a plastic satchel to post to a customer just felt completely wrong to me. And so it sort of made me really think about this business. And then it sort of really built from there. It's like, well, if I'm not willing to put it in a plastic satchel to post, you know, the stickers that go 
on the acid-free paper that protect the um, garment in transit, those stickers can't be plastic either. And, you know, they can't have toxic ingredients in them. And it sort of just spiralled from there to being like, right, well, what are all the ways that we can try to be as sustainable as possible from the get-go? So we've got this amazing knitted garment is where we sort of start. And um, then from there, all my packaging um, that we have for the Woolly Brand products is all home compostable. So some products you can get require professional composting. But for um, the Woolly Brand, it was really important that Everything you receive, once you're finished with it, even if it's the garment or your packaging, instead of it having to go into landfill, you can pop it straight into your garden compost or your council composting and know that every part of it isn't sort of creating a problem down the track. So that was sort of one way that we were able to do that. You know, another, you know, little way with the packaging was making sure that, you know, the little swing tags which say, you know, we have some lovely Woolmark ones which, you know, denote that we've got Woolmark yarn. I was like, I can't put a, you know, different fibre string around that to attach it to the product. So, you know, next minute there I am cutting pieces of, you know, getting a ball of wool and cutting them and I literally hand making them all because I was like, well, we've got to make this from woe to go. So, you know, packaging for us, we don't have that Instagram moment where you get the beautiful video with, you know, a box and then, you know, maybe a bag and then a wrap and then a sticker and then another box and then, you know, out comes Mary Poppins' bag and there's another one and, you know, and my rabbit might jump out of a hat. We don't have the, the palaver because it's really important that we minimise our waste and that any waste that there is serves a purpose. So whether that is the swing tag or a postcard from me which, you know, says hello and tells you about the product but also where uh, to get information to care for your um, knits, you know, we wrap it in acid-free tissue paper to protect the wool whilst it's in transit, it's then put in a home composting bag and it's then sent on its way. For us, it's, you know, what can we do and how can we do it? And, you know, there'll, there'll be things along the way that we haven't nailed yet, but, you know, we're just really keen to do every little thing that we can that's, you know, within reason for us. I think that that's phenomenal. It's quite interesting because we're still seeing these major brands utilise so much plastic packaging when it comes to every single piece of clothing when you're get and online shopping is only getting more uh, prevalent. It's bigger and bigger every time. So if a small brand like you can implement all of the changes to be, you know, not quite carbon neutral yet, but you're on your way. It's interesting to see I think that will really influence the bigger ones. And I see influencers now talk about the fact they get so much PR packaging that they don't want PR packages anymore because it's just, they feel like they're, you know, disrupting the environment. So I think the fact that you've done this and you're ahead of the game is phenomenal. And it means, you know, we've in Western Australia, they've just banned like plastic straws, plastic takeaway containers. I know it's Victoria. I'm pretty sure the end of the year, sorry to everyone listening. I only know about the states I live in, but every other state, I'm sure is on the way too. So, you know, it's only a matter of time that plastic packaging will be banned. And if you're already ahead of the game and doing it, then it's not going to affect your bottom line because you're already there. That's so great. I love it. It's a really great thing because it's, you know, you could go, oh, it's only little me. I don't have a big impact. Um, you know, I don't send out 
hundreds of thousands of packages like other businesses do. But it, I think it's one of those things where it's a, you know, it's a collective with, you know, if 5, 10, 20, 100, 500 small businesses all do this, you know, whether it's just having, ensuring that you have a compostable satchel that you put your product in, that collective is going to make a difference over time. And, you know, we can all do our own little bit and that's all you can ask for. Absolutely. I'd love to know what some of your biggest learning curves have been since entering the fashion industry, because I think you've definitely got some golden nuggets to share. Oh my goodness. The biggest learnings along the way. Oh golly. I would definitely say if you're ever nervous about speaking to someone you don't know or reaching out for help, this has been the time when it's just been like, you've got to do it. If you don't do it, it's not going to happen. So, you know, I've really been, you know, pushed to learn, you know, an entirely new trade, a new skill, a new everything like that to sort of produce the product and start the business. But I've even recently had a huge learning curve in being willing to, using COVID terminology, pivot and adapt. You know, I have a spring summer range that's coming or meant to be coming, but due to all kinds of delays and challenges along the way, we're still not there. And for me, it's sort of been like, right, how do we do this? How does the business pivot? How do we sort of continue to engage our customers? And, you know, things like that, that's meaning that I'm sort of really being forced to sort of jump in at the deep end and be like, right, what can I do to make my business really stand up whilst with all the things that I can't change. So yeah, that's sort of the the biggest learning curve that I've had is just being able to pivot and adjust to whatever gets thrown at you. Another day that might be the fact that I literally cannot get a thing done because one of my little girls is, you know, unwell or something's going on with them, you know, but it's just sort of fitting it in and making it work have been the big learnings for me and anyone can do anything you know, that's been the biggest thing. If a nurse that has no skills in fashion design or business can get this up and going, you know, anyone can. So that's been the sort of the biggest thing that I've, I've learned along the way. I would definitely, I'm not sure if you're labeling yourself this, but I would definitely call you an entrepreneur now. I think that you've definitely earned that status as well as fashion designer. How important is it having a partner that supports you, obviously you not mentioned your husband was a massive part in you taking the leap of faith, but how important is it having a partner that actually supports you in your business endeavours? Look, I couldn't have possibly brought the Willy Brand to life without my husband and his support, whether that is from, you know, guidance and direction, you know, someone to bounce ideas off. Because the thing that, you know, I find and I continue to find really hard is the fact that I'm used to working in a large workplace with colleagues and people that, you know, I see every day, you know, when I was working in a tertiary NICU in Melbourne, there was 30 nurses on each shift with myself, as well as medical teams and all the multidisciplinary teams that were also there. So you've got this huge community of people. Um, And so having a supportive husband, you know, he's the one that, all the questions, whether it's, what do you think about this design? Or what do you think about these colours? Do you think this colour or this colour? You know, it's just whatever I throw out of him, he, you know, has stepped up to and he's been, you know, the most amazing support, whether that's, you know, 
coming along to a to the fashion shoot and helping to wrangle toddlers and babies and all kinds of things or you know helping out with sales at Bendigo Sheep Show or Sheepvention you know next minute he's now a expert on selling kids clothing you know I swear he could um, sell you know anything to someone you know because he's got uh, got very good at it over a very short period of time so you know his support in that in that sort of daily sense whatever I need from the business he's been amazing on that front but also as a couple and sort of building our family life it's been really important that we both can support each other's businesses because that sort of together is what will take our family forwards and our businesses forwards. Um, And so, you know, ensuring that both our businesses can work together in that way. I love that. I think that that's really important and so special and, yeah, I think a key to probably a successful relationship as well. For other regional people listening that are wanting to start a business, maybe a fashion business, what is the biggest piece of advice that you would share? Again, getting in touch with good people and getting good help. I think that's a an amazing part of just recently and throughout my launch of the business. It was whether in the design process or the delivery, launching the website, the photography, all those components, you know, surrounding yourself with the knowledge and the skills that can help you and your business really excel have been, you know, the most amazing parts out of it. I couldn't agree more. I think that's so important. Our internet gone. Ah, the love of regional living. Don't we love it? Absolutely. I swear, you know, it's that funny thing where starting this business, it's often, you know, people say, oh, we've started the business from the kitchen bench. Well, I feel like with little kids, I've had it at the business happen at the kitchen bench. It's happening on the living room floor. It's happened out on the lawn yesterday when it was sunny, you know, wherever it has to be. You can do it. Yeah. It's just about being flexible. And that's perfect for the last question before we wrap up, which is how does the future of the Woolly brand look or what's the vision? Where are you going with the business? A really important part of the Woolly brand is leaning back into that sort of sustainability concept is that I don't want to sort of create, have this huge vision for this business that doesn't fit with what people want. So, you know, I'm not in the business to sort of be creating huge lines with lots of stock and things like that. You know, we're um, creating really considered ranges with considered amount of stock, but really building out with what our customers are, are wanting. And so, you know, I hope to sort of build out our ages of our range, you know, we're um, hoping with that spring summer range that I hope to one day bring to everybody. <laughs> but I, you know, I hope that will go right down into our babies. Um, and then over time, I hope to sort of build out right into, you know, through our kids' age. So for the initially, the sort of short term goals and for the Woolly brand is to build out our inclusivity of all kids. And in that inclusivity idea, it's, you know, I'm not designing products that it's sort of this is for girls or this is for boys. It's sort of, you know, knitwear for all, whichever colour you like to wear, wear a colour, wear a style, um, you know, these are all pieces that, again, that hand-me-down concept can go from you to your brother to your sister to your cousin and, you know, sort of ensure that we continue to create really high quality pieces that, you know, will last last your lifetime and maybe someone else's too. So, you know, building out our range, building out our sizes and 
creating what people want is, you know, my ideal for the Woolly brand. I love that. I think that gender neutrality to just actually not have to have diversity between that is such a smart idea, particularly growing up now as a child. And I think the idea that, you know, you can pass it on to another sibling or a cousin or someone else, your friend, or yeah, I think that that's beautiful. And I think that that's a huge thing for regional people having children because yeah, it can be isolating. So there's a whole nother element to it there that is huge. Absolutely. You know, when you can't just nip to the shops to get another piece of clothing, you know, you need, if you're going to invest in a piece, you want it to be able to go through your kids and not have to, you know, be buying lots of pieces. And again, that comes right back around this full circle to our sustainability concept that, you know, if you buy one, one good quality piece, you know, that hands on between your kids, you're not buying, you know, 10 poor quality pieces that are all going to end up in landfills. So, you know, we could, I could go on about about these, you know, benefits and concepts round and round, but yeah, it's, um, you know, that sort of real inclusive nature of the Woolly brand is something that um, is really important to us. Yeah. I love it. I think that it's beautiful and it's so exciting to see you guys grow. For listeners, where is the best place to find you and learn more about the brand? So if you're wanting to shop, you can find us on our website at www.thewoollybrand.com.au or you can find us on Instagram, The Woolly Brand, or on Facebook. If you are an Instagram person, it's a great place to go because we um, have lots of really interesting information and support there for you on, you know, how to care for your woolies, how to look after them, also chatting to different people in the industry Um, And the other place, if you know, maybe uh, you're a listener who isn't quite so much into social media, we also have an email list. So, you know, we can jump into your inbox. At the moment, we're just jumping in once a week. We don't really want to spam people with too much, you know, inbox fill. You can sign up to our mailing list on our website and be kept up to date with all the things that are the Woolly brand and, you know, know that you're not going to, um, you know, be spammed or have to jump on the social media bandwagon if that's not for you. And I thank you so much for your time. I've so appreciated you taking a little bit of your day to tell me about your brand. And this is such an interesting, different brand for people who haven't utilised wool for their children. And I'm so excited to get it in front of new people. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and thank you so much for highlighting the Woolly brand and the work that we're doing to get Australian wool out there and, you know, hopefully on the backs of little people near you. Sounds good. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Generation Ag. We hope you loved it. If you did, don't forget to visit our guest bios page on our website where you can get all of their contact information. And if you have an idea for another guest in the future or a story that you want to hear, you can get in touch with us via our email, which is hello at generationag.com.au. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at generation.ag. That's Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And if you've loved this episode as well, you can share it with your friends on your socials and make sure to subscribe to us on the podcast app and leave us a review because that all really helps as well. Thanks, guys. Bye.